Look around you, James. Everything you believed in. A ruin. Why did you come? I came here to kill you. And I thought you came here to die. Hello and welcome to Hollywood RX. The doctors are in. I am your host, Gregor, and with me, as always, is the irrevocable Adam Du. Hello. How are you doing, Adam? I am doing good. This thing is fresh in my mind. It's <clears throat> hot in my mind. It is fresh in my mind too. You said you you've been you've been two hours. Yes. Since, uh, since the event. Since I walked out. Yeah. Not okay. that I walked out of it, but that I since I left the theater. Okay. Um, and, and for me, it's been a little over an hour. Oh, I can remember what that was like. Um, I, I, <laughs> the first hour. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I can remember what it was like to have only seen today. it an hour ago. Yeah. Yes, I got it. Yeah, earlier today. All right. So, uh, we are talking about Spectre. Spectre. This is the movie that we are referring to. Um, <clears throat> the latest, uh, the latest in the Daniel Craig Bond uh, films. Franchise. So, yeah. what do you want to just give your your fast oh. impressions? Sure. Um, I, I I don't know why I I thought maybe it was going to break out of the rut of the last two movies, but I found myself again with a bouncy leg in a James Bond movie. I was very impatient for some action, for a more proactive Bond. I didn't feel I was getting it. Um, that's that, uh, some, some amazing sequences, some okay turns in the story, but not, not the ones that I'm sure everyone's thinking of. Okay, all right. That's, um, that's me in a nutshell. Well, I would say that, um, that I... Um, I don't know. I had I had fairly high expectations going into this. I'm not a, a big Bond guy historically. I've seen, I believe I've seen all of them at least once. Uh, Same here. Probably Completely. haven't seen, here. haven't seen many of them more than once. If I had, it might have almost been more by accident than anything else. And well, there, there are some I've seen more than once. There, 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 I, I have intimate familiarity with a lot of the early ones oh, and cool. a working knowledge of the later ones. Uh, that's excellent. Um, so. And, you won't get past me. Uh, okay. Well, then, I, yeah. Then good. You can ch you can check me if my trivia gets a little uh, a little funky. Um, and so I have to say that I thought there were some interesting things that they were doing, and that uh, largely I'm pro Daniel Craig, even if I'm uh, pro Daniel Craig as Bond, even if I am not pro. Thoroughly pro all of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Oh yes, well that that's something that was I assumed was going to come up. Okay, uh, in the conversation, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I agree. Is that it seems like they they're in like a rut of, of compelling storylines. Well, and, I'm, I'm uh, not saying exactly that, but I'm just saying that I, what I what personally what I'm saying is I like Daniel Craig as Bond, even if I don't too. always like the the movie for Correct. one reason or another. Yeah, um, which is basically my feeling about Timothy okay. Dalton. Is that I oh. thought Timothy Dalton was actually a really good James Bond. Wow. And he just got stuck with two incredibly bad stories. I am going to have to. I can't believe these words are going to come out of my mouth. But I, I guess I'm going to have to go back and look at at least one of those Timothy Dalton Bond movies. Would The Living Daylights be one of those? Probably not. The Living Daylights is one of those. That is look at that. Ding, ding, ding. <clears throat> the old man gets, gets it. it right. Yeah. 
well, I will have to revisit that then, I guess. Anyway. Um, uh, no, I'm with you. I like I like Daniel Craig a lot. Yeah. I like him as Bond. He he brings this this uh, a kind of uh, I want to say a street toughened oh, yes. realism to the role. It's, he I brings mean, like a feral quality to this thing. He is very almost. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah. Certainly in uh, in Casino Royale, there was this real yes, like a like a thug. Absolutely, it definitely felt that way. And then they've sort of been growing the character in various directions, sort of since then. Yeah. But uh, but listen, as opposed to the other twenty bonds where there was no growth whatsoever, there was no continuity of character. There was no sense of. In this next movie, there was anything relating to the previous movie in any kind of a, an emotional sense, certainly. There was no emotional continuity to Bond prior to Daniel Craig. True. And I still feel like they pulled a little bit of a punch. Like, they, I think they could have they could have maybe gone a little further with it in this segment. Ah, uh, fair enough. And I'm almost, I'm almost not, like, I mean, and I'm almost not, I'm almost not opposed to it. But um, <laughs> almost, I don't know. You're Although, almost. Like, you know what? The thing is now, it's hard for me to. It's, it's, yeah. it's hard for me to, to discuss that without going into because now because for me at least it's connected to this whole Blofeld, your wow. quasi stepbrother, right, right angle that I just. I, was, oh. Okay, here's oh, the thing. It, it was like getting punched <laughs> in the stomach. Here's here's a bunch of stuff. Uh, Look, all right. No, I'm going to say this. I was just talking. I saw this movie with, uh, with my lovely wife and my lovely uh, son, and he was so excited when he saw Christoph Waltz's name in the credits. Uh, my my 17 year old son was like, "Oh, this is going to be good," and it's so sad that uh, it did not deliver for him. Uh, at least uh, in the, actually, I think his leg may have been jiggling the entire time too. So, so your son has like a Christoph Waltz thing. He like, well, he, he he follows that like like that's the kind of guy he's like. Uh, not necessarily, but he has thoroughly enjoyed Christoph Waltz in uh, Tarantino's uh, the two Tarantino movies he made. Uh, you know, when he really burst onto the American movie-going consciousness in um, yeah, and in Glorious Bastards. Like, I, I feel like he didn't have anything to do here, and yeah. at least he didn't. At least they didn't try to make him funny like they did heavier bardem in the last one all right well listen if we're going to jump all around like this let me just say what i said to them about this and then we'll start to jump around a little bit okay, um okay. sorry because i'm i'm three strands off track um, i still don't think i know how you feel about this movie. i'm basically saying that i like it because i like him mm. um and i think they are doing some interesting things and then they're trying other things that aren't quite working for me but mm. by the end of this hour, you will definitely know how I feel about it. Oh, I have no doubt. Uh, so here's what I said to uh, my wife and son, which is that I take this, uh, the Daniel Craig series of films, when they, they essentially were sort of, I think they probably branded what they did with the first one as rebooting the Bond franchise, yeah. in that they were introducing him to the whole idea of being uh, uh, the double O um, uh, agent in general. He's recruited in that right. first movie. And so consequently, it is not 
held to any, um, in much the same way that J.J. Abrams with the Star Trek reboot, he could refer to things he wanted to, and then certainly once they put in the, the time travel element, spoiler alert, on uh, Star Trek, <laughs> once, they, once they installed the, the, um, the time travel element and the fact that maybe what we were watching now was an, uh, their, their forward in the Star Trek series was almost like alternate reality versions, right. Right, that right, then right. they were free to follow any of the canon they wanted to, and they were free to uh, tweak it and sort of reference it, but not to be beholden to any of it, which I thought was a brilliant move, because then yes. they can just do what they want to and not have to worry about fanboys. They're either gonna, the fanboys are either going to go along for the ride or they're not. So right. I'm not a fanboy of Bond, uh, especially, but I considered this a reboot. So as far as I was concerned, they're free to kind of do anything they want to. If yes. they make reference to old, old movies and old elements, it's fine with me. And if they don't, it's also fine with me. Um, Can we, wait, so, hold on. Yeah. Let's back up a second. Okay. Did you, am I understanding you correctly? Did you say that he was... That in Casino Royale, he was recruited for the 007 program? Uh, yeah, he is, um, well, listen, I don't exactly know how it works exactly, but he is a, I think he's like a, a, a British Secret Service agent, but he's not yet achieved 00 status. And so at the very beginning of that movie, I believe, he, he accomplishes a mission which then gives him 00 status. So we're not seeing him from the beginning of his spying career, but from the beginning of his double O career, yes. Oh, wow. That I, is what I think. I'm embarrassed to publicly admit that I, <laughs> I may have missed that. Uh, no, it's okay. It was just only vaguely in my head, but I'd been doing so much um, revisiting uh, materials about the earlier films that I, I came across... Uh, some reference to that along the way. I'm not sure I would have specifically remembered, but that's I just boasted about my about being, <laughs> my my working knowledge is okay. That's what you get. Well, no, but your boast was about uh, particularly the earlier, probably the first six or eight is probably what you were talking about specifically. I think I could go. I could go back to back with a with a real Bond geek. Okay. I mean, Unless they pulled shit like what model was the car. Right, I understand. Which, which you know, arguably, <laughs> if you're going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with somebody, you should know. But um, in any case, look. All right, who, who, who composed the theme? Well, it's credited to Monty Norman. Okay. Um, because contractually it was supposed to. Um, but it was actually written by John Barry, who did most of the James Bond music and did all the alternate the, 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 the other the other recurring themes throughout Bond, like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. There you go. Well you uh you just won with me. In my heart you know you know it all. Okay, so okay. anyway, what I was what I was talking about was just the uh, the freedom that rebooting uh, gives them to kind of do things like what they want to. So you were sort of getting uh, a little snippy about Blofeld. And that whole thing at the end there, when I'm going, hey, it's fair game as far as I'm concerned in terms of uh, moving, shifting things around. But here's what I am going to say. Here's what I am going to say. Yes, it's fair game to do it. It's, it's better if you have some degree of respect for what came before or find clever ways to weave that in. But if you are then fully free to do what you want to do, it should be better than it is. Yes, I agree. Because... We got plenty of good writers. Anyway, 
Yeah, I mean, at least at least with uh, with uh, Star Trek Beyond Darkness, at least they, um, at least we knew the whole time who the guy, like who that character is. Yeah, you know, he was Khan from the beginning. It's not they don't they don't save it for a big revelation at the end, <laughs> right? Or a double, you know. And frankly, I, I you know, frankly, I, I have to say that that whole angle just struck me as really derivative and not particularly original. Like you know, in Dexter, we've already gotten the the brother, the, the, the lost brother from the past angle. Yes, you now, know? you know how you're always having me be careful what I say about uh, about Breaking Bad and, and other such that's films. That's the first season. No, okay, no, 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 all right, no. then, that, that, uh, fine, the, fine. That, that, That's the first season. Then it's... I did see it, I did see it, because I think we made it into the third season before we lost a little steam on it. Okay, well, that's what I was referring to. It was just basically yeah. the old, you know, ah, that personal demon you've had all these years, it's actually right. been me. Right, I understand. Um... um that, that to me felt like what, there's one of a handful of story moments or turns in the story that yeah. I thought were, or set pieces that I thought were, that harkened back to fairly recent movies in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. Come on, guys. Well, here's the thing. Um, I, I mean, we sort of slid past our first impressions, and now I think we're kind of getting into it, but almost not really getting into it. So let's really just sort of dig into it and go... You know, scene by scene or whatever. Okay, well, um, you lead the way. You lead the way. You, all right. You, well, you, you've got a your um, structure in mind. Oh. See, it's it to me. It go. It, it's it sort of harkens back or ties back to, um, you know, when we were talking about seeing this movie and you wanted to personally catch yourself up a little bit on the Bond lore, uh, particularly the Daniel Craig stuff. Uh, you watched, and I believe I know I watched, and I believe you watched um, uh, Quantum of Solace and Skyfall. All within the last week, and this and that wasn't yeah. refreshing. That was me actually seeing it the first time. Oh, oh, it was first times for you, and it was refreshing for me. And it seems like we ought to have included uh, <laughs> Casino Royale in that as well. But uh, so I had yes, a for me clearly. I had a lot in my head, sort of going into this in terms of um, the, what the momentum of whatever kind of arc they seem to be giving him over these over these uh, films. Uh, arguably an arc over the films. Um, and so, I don't know, I was kind of open-hearted to it because I really liked Skyfall. And I take it you didn't. Well, I liked it better than, well, I liked it better than Quantum of Solace. <clears throat> okay, okay. Um, yes. But I, I liked my root, ca root Canal more than I liked Quantum of Silence. Uh, Quantum of Solace. Um, well, let's see. So, I, I, Skyfall, I felt, again, sort of compounded a little bit of what I was feeling already about Quantum of Silence. I felt okay. like he, he was more reactive than active. I didn't quite feel... Well, put it to you like this. As I said to my friend this afternoon, with whom I saw uh, Spectre... My James Bond doesn't hunger down and wait for them to come to him. Uh, yes, I understand. Um, that L.A. Confidential ending. <laughs> so that recent, you know, in, in terms of the recent horizon. Yes, yes, I, um, I understand. Um, I felt that uh, Quantum of Solace was an effing mess. 
<laughs> in so many ways. And then reading about it after I'd rewatched it, reading about it a little bit, it sounds as though um, the first draft of that script, which was done by somebody important, I can't think of the name, but I'll, it'll come to Mike, me later. Uh, probably Michael, G, I think it was Michael G. Wilson, the longtime writer and producer of the series. Uh, I'm going to say that my feeling is no. Okay. On, on the original version of Quantum of Solace, the original, um, <clears throat> gosh, I'm going to beat myself up for not remembering, but. John it, <laughs> yeah, that was it. William Shakespeare. Uh, it was turned in moments, like hours or moments right, before, before the writer's, writer's strike. strike. So Daniel Craig had to step in with. Daniel Craig and a producer yeah. uh, did the rewrites on it. And they started shooting where they everything hadn't really gelled, so it was one of those things they were doing as they went along. And I think that 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 it really shows that there's not any discipline in place, um, structurally or otherwise or whatever, in Quantum of Solace. And um, I find that whole um, climax uh, uh, ridiculous, but it certainly is a great uh, lair. I mean, it's an iconic-looking lair in the. In the, talking about, what are you talking about Skyfall now? No, no, no. I'm talking about at the end of uh, Quantum of Solace. They're out in the middle, middle of a desert, and there's some sort of holiday inn. There's some sort of hotel-looking thing that's all glass and steel. Right, right, right. You know. Uh, oh, okay, okay. It is, it is, in a way, it's a tip of the hat to those sort of island lairs or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, because it's at least out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, the, the, the desert might as well be the ocean for all of the civilization you can find around it. Right. Or in it. Um, <clears throat> so I really didn't like that, and I, and I started to say, oh, things are coming together more with Skyfall. Like, it really felt like they had some kind of a story, arguably whether or not he was active enough or not active enough. Hell, he was about as active as, uh, as Ragu from uh, Beast of No Nations, or whatever it's called. Uh, from last week, I think it was uh, Agu, yes. not Ragu, but I think we should have our titles in. Yes, I'll go toe to toe with you on that. Okay, uh, fair enough. And um, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh, okay, Jesus, I believed you. No, I wait, what do you mean you believe me? Yeah, uh, when, you, when you said you were joking, I'm just saying I took you seriously. I, I couldn't tell that it was a comedy, it was so bone dry. Um, it was like my wife's cooking. We've been out of we've been out of touch too long. Yes, I think we've so. I've forgotten my ways. Uh, so, <laughs> so in any case, uh, I was I was uh, I I really I just dug it. I like to see I, I like Judy Dench, so I like to see her have something to do, for have hmm. some have some reason to be in there. Um, and uh, yeah, okay. And that's not not the same for you. And no, you, know. we, we, uh, you and I, you and I are not on the same trip, as they say. <laughs> uh, because that's uh, fine. That's fine. I, I I was I was to be honest, not a big fan of Judy Dench as yeah. M. And to be further honest, Judy M. as Dench ruined Judy Dench for me. Oh my God! Because, yeah, I, because. I've just been unable to accept her anywhere else. That's a bold statement. It is. I'm, that's I'm, like, that's like you know Bob Denver playing Gilligan, and he can never do anything else again. Uh, that's crazy talk. But, no, that is crazy <laughs> thought. Maynard Krebs was great in Gilligan's Island. Yes. Well. <laughs> uh, um, so, it, it, generally speaking, I I liked. I just I don't know. I liked Skyfall. So it. 
it 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 positioned me differently to see this uh, than I guess it positioned you. And so I was I was yeah. more forgiving right off the bat of things. Listen, that opening sequence, uh, Day of the Dead, feels like a, a callback or a shout out to many of those uh, early uh, '60s bonds where they would be in a foreign culture and maybe it was maybe it was new right. orleans or maybe it was this or that and and just uh being and that shot is f pretty fantastic i mean that oh yeah that single shot is really well, uh, well they, they always have or they have for the last few had always consistently had really excellent openings oh sure that was a that was sequences a, and then act two starts that was a stang on no back <laughs> That was a staple of the original bonds from the right. beginning. Was these right, these, right, right, these right. that's the bond but I, structure. But yeah. I'm not I'm not even specifically saying that opening sequence. I'm saying that opening shot. That was that uh, presumably a tracking shot that went from the street, uh, followed the guy in white as he came closer to the camera, then picked up the guy in black with the woman. You followed them into a building. You went upstairs yeah, into the room. Yeah. They started making out. Then the guy went out the window. You went out the window. It's all one shot. And just the number of extras and, and, and all of that, I found that fairly yeah. impressive. Yeah, no, no, the way, they uh, can, the way they can tie... Eventually that sequence started to, to wear thin on me uh, once they were in a helicopter and all of those aerial shenanigans were going on. Mm -hmm. um, and I kept wondering who... Oh, so you know, I, I like the helicopter sequence. Oh, you did? That's so funny. Oh, I my did. God. We're yeah, just completely no, I... opposites. Well, when, I, kept when noticing, they... I kept noticing the green screen, and I kept wondering... You know who was getting hit by the bodies that were falling out of the helicopter and and whatever. You always have a concern for the collateral damage. Of well, hang on, I'm but so they they were making the crowd below part of the action. Oh my God, what's going to happen to these people no, down true. here? No, that's true. No, that's true. But as this show goes on, listen, okay. realize that I'm correct. There's a that, drinking game. That, yes. Yeah. There you go. That. Uh, That uh, that uh, you always you always have sympathy for the millions of people who are being oh, you, asshole. you know <laughs> killed in the building that's falling down. Well, so why should I give a crap about the main character? Oh, I wasn't so, saying that in this case. I was just no, saying that, it did no, occur know, to I me. Know, but I was teasing you. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. You always do that. Yes. Um, we, yeah, as New York City is getting demolished by a series of superheroes, right? Uh, how am I supposed to be worried about? You know, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I don't no, think any no, of actually, us. No, I take that back. No, 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 no. Not Shia LaBeouf. Whoever the whoever the non personality actress is, they get to play the female. His his female counterpart in the Transformers movies. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, in in one of them, it was her last name was Fox, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Otherwise, I, I don't know, because she was the only one that made an impression until she gave up on doing any more acting. Until she chose oblivion and obscurity over <clears throat> and a family or something. Um, oh, not the movie Oblivion. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> the actual Oblivion. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was because of that whole incident where she pissed off Spielberg. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I can't remember. What did she What did she do to piss him off, or should we not even get into that? I, we can get into it. All right. Just don't don't cut it out. I won't. Just don't edit it out of the show. Um, it's all part of the groove, man. It's all, you know. Yeah, no, I understand. What did she um, do to piss off Spielberg? 
Um, it was, I think it was in the, like one of the Transformers movies. Um, yeah. She, she like openly on the set, she, she said that, uh, like the AD was being like a Nazi, or like it was, it was like working under the Nazi, like, oh. like the Nazis or something. And Spielberg was on the set that day, yeah. And I believe that's why she was, <laughs> she was out on the third movie. It oh, could be wrong. that could be. But I but, thought she'd also done a fair amount of press where she bitched about just about everything about being involved with it. And I think she had been fighting with Michael Bay as well. Um, yeah, she probably yeah she probably has a difficult reputation, and she probably married. Okay, that's getting cut out. I don't know about that. But, all right. Uh, I was about to cast wild aspersions. Yeah. Okay. Don't cast wild aspersions. No, we no, don't no. need that. Never mind. Um. <laughs> okay. And, okay. So and, you like that opening sequence? What did you like about that? Particularly about the helicopter part of it? Well, because I was afraid. Because once it, once the helicopter was going straight up. Yeah. My thought was the air is going to get too thin for for the blades to sustain the weight of the thing, and then it's going to get into one of those one of those yeah. spirals that that pilots can never get out of. So right. that I was already tensed up there, and then just all the swinging around, it was just okay. Like, I was just like shit, you know. And then I I, I thought they were going to do something with the blades, like. You yes. Know, knocking the uh, stage lighting onto the guitarist. Or right. Like that, but they didn't. Uh, I got you. Uh, jumping back to earlier in the. Um, uh, sorry, my brain is shot. Uh, jumping back to earlier in that same sequence, they, they started to introduce a little bit, uh, I think perhaps to their. Uh, to their own uh, downfall, a little bit of the sense of humor that you might have seen in an older, uh, you know, t not Timothy Dalton, but, you know, going back yes. to... Uh, like Roger Moore. Roger Moore, where he... They definitely let opportunities for, for, for jokes go, and I give them 200% credit. Oh, I'm quite... I'm saying quite the opposite in that I think that they did... <laughs> That's so funny. No, they, they didn't do the quipping. It, with, with, uh, with Roger Moore, he would have been in touch with somebody on a radio, and the entire time he would have been tossing off quips. Right. You know, uh, so they certainly left all that out. But that, that point at which his fall is broken by a couch. Yeah, that was a little too Blake Edwards for me. That is a little bit comedy in there, uh, and I'm not quite sure uh, Craig pulled it off uh, or that it even really fit or felt good uh and there was a point later i don't know exactly where but there was actual la uh, you know laughter in the theater you know uh much much later in the story but i can't remember what it was that happened that made people crack up and i was among those people that cracked up <clears throat> oh i never cracked up uh nicola peltz <laughs> yes nicola peltz is one of the uh the uh, not nameless but faceless vague uh, ingenues in the Transformer series, although she played opposite uh, Mark Wahlberg in uh, Age of Extinction. Uh, so there's an example of one Age of these. Age of Extinction. Age of Extinction. Transformers. Age of Extinction. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay, okay. I think we have a Transformer here. Now that's actually one of the Transformers I didn't even see. Uh, I did see the others because my kids were the right age to go see those horrible messes. Um, so, well, anyway, moving was... moving past that opening sequence, you see, I kind of <coughs> I kind of got into this story of 
uh, uh, he wasn't down there officially and he's doing his own thing. I like the idea that uh, the, <laughs> the much-hated Judy Dench had sort of left him some uh, posthumous instructions about, you know, what to do in the event of her untimely death. I would have liked to have seen him discover that rather than come in after he's already... He knows right, all right. about then, it, but then watch it on the, the replay. I, yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, and I also wish that she had personalized it and said for yes. me something. Yes. I, I, I'm. It, it was actually there were there were a few moments in this and in Skyfall where I yeah. was astonished that they left it out. And and I'm actually sort of uh, extremely annoyed, almost pissed at them for missing an opportunity to help further or to help tie that other movie into this one uh, thematically or whatever it was. Uh, and that's and that's why I, 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 I'm not as forgiving with uh, this one. Okay. Well, in terms of the whole, like, the, the whole Craigosphere. Yeah. The, the arc of the Craigosphere <laughs> yes. with his character because I don't feel like it's going far enough. It's like right. these little eye drops of... of... Uh, of... Uh, Emotion or development yeah. or whatever and it is, it, and yeah, and there's no real, uh, well, uh, agreed. I, I mean, I sort of feel like Solace has to be set off to its side as its own thing that didn't have a proper writer on it, but um, but you know, but I feel, but here's the other thing, too, yeah, is I feel like with, the, with these last three, yeah, I feel like. The pacing of the movies have been like of all three have been really slow. Quantum at least was short. Yeah, yeah. For um, a Bond movie under two hours, an hour and forty three minutes. I yeah, um, I I agree that as opposed to the agonizing two and a half of this. Yeah, and uh, and Skyfall. How how up are you on the Mission Impossible series? Um, I. Okay, I don't think I saw three. Was no, the which one is the one where he? Which is the one with Michelle Monaghan? Uh, I think she's in three, three and possibly the fourth one. And is the fourth one in Dubai? Where I we, think so. There's a car maybe up yes. high in a building. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I so you have you have some. See, I I sort of feel like. Um, what Cruz and company did with the Mission Impossible series was to um, <clears throat> to restart the Bond franchise in a modern era, right? Shifting and back did, to an older character, job of it. and that that the pace of those movies and the they're unrelenting. Yeah. But when they do pause, when they do take a moment to pause, it always has a point. It always delivers something. Yep. I'm thinking yep. about I'm thinking about um, Carrie Russell. And and Tom Cruise in the in an escape, they go to rescue her and pull her out, and they're they have this wonderful just this balletic exchange with each other, sort of a, a physical ballet, yeah. tossing guns back and forth and working their way out of this building. And when it gets very quiet, they do say a thing or two to one another that gives substance to their relationship and helps you know sort of shore things up. Yeah. And I understand James Bond isn't Ethan Hunt, so everyone can just calm down. I'm just saying that. Uh, that once you start doing Bond in the post-Jason Bourne and in the post-Mission Impossible world, and if you're going to make it grittier and kind of bring it out of its out, you know, outmoded past, you have to be aware that, there are, that certain bars have been set in certain ways. Yes. And, then, and then you can take the whole James Bond 
mythos and and do something and do something within it. within those within that context so somehow i feel like this was uh, somehow i feel like the people who wrote this like you know spy movies action movies aren't really their thing <laughs> I know what I feel like. No, you know what I feel like. Honestly, I feel like the rest. Like, like I feel like Quantum Solace, yeah. Quantum Solace, uh, Skyfall, and Spectre. Yeah. Reinforce what? Reinforce that 007 is obsolete. He is obsolete in the modern world because because the Mission Impossible movies are ten times better. These last, you know, it's funny. It's it's like like Mission Impossible took. Like what I always thought when I was a kid, a boring series, and, yeah. and transformed it into like a happening and and intense uh, template for an action movie. Almost to tell you the truth, on a global scale, a la James Bond. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all of the exotic <clears throat> locales and the the gadgetry to a certain extent is there. I mean, it really does. It does and, lean and, and, on the on the Bond kind of history. And, 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 and also the character's level of dexterity. I don't feel like James Bond... James, Bond wasn't clever in any of these movies. Yeah. He was just there and executed well. I believe in an alley, Daniel Craig's James Bond would beat the living shit out of Tom Cruise's Ethan Hawke... Uh, Ethan, not Ethan Hawke. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt, thank you. He could probably I'm... take out Ethan Hawke, too. I will do respect Ethan. Say that again? But... I said he could probably take down Ethan Hawke. That's true. He could take down both. respect to Ethan. <clears throat> both at once. Probably at once, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. No, it, you know, Mission, this is the perfect, like, ratio for me, is that Mission Impossible took what I always thought was a boring series and turned it into a happening thing. And now, the now, Eon, Dan Jack, that company doing Bond movies, yeah. they have... Uh, they they have turned an exciting series into the old Mission Impossible series, which is like a bunch of <laughs> medium shots of people talking. Yeah. Okay. This well, is exciting, guys. Uh, okay. So hang on. I just want to be a little bit moderately respectful because uh, you said it in passing, and why not? If you're going to throw them under the bus, why not get it right? Uh, uh, a team named John Logan and Neil Purvis were responsible for the script. I think, among others, there are other writing credits. There are too many other writing credits, honestly. On this one, yeah. On this well, one. Well, no, no, but no, no, it, it was three people who did the story and the script, and then one extra person on the on the actual script. So those two did uh, did this, and uh, I believe they are longtime collaborators. I believe they may... I think they wrote Skyfall, as a matter of fact, which makes it all the more odd to me, because I didn't, didn't feel like there was enough continuity. I'm not saying it has to be a continuation of the story. Whole right. other thing, whole other thing. But, um... I don't know, there's a continuity in how lame they both were. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> Oh, you're, you are ruthless, but uh, John Logan, at least, uh, oh, yeah. had, his, uh, had his hand in writing. Uh, certainly, uh, Skyfall and, um, sorry, The Aviator, he was involved with, Last mm. Samurai, Star Trek Nemesis, Gladiator, so he's no slouch. And okay, he's, he's, okay, yeah. Uh, fair but enough. in any case... Um, the Pete Offender. <laughs> oh my God, our beloved Coen brothers. Um, so, 
anyway, we'll we'll go on from here. But there was a couple of things I just wanted to comment on. One is is that directly related to this film, and then and then also not directly related to the franchise in general, um, or specifically the last movie, the movie before that. Anyway, I'm gonna get on with it. Um, I liked I liked all of the little to what for me were sort of nods to the. You know, I don't know if the, these are the right words, but just the history of the franchise in that, um, I mean, because we always end up with a with a Bond girl who's got a, you know, kind of sexy name or whatever. I don't really feel like they did that this time, like a pussy galore or whatever, or even... Uh, I'm glad they got out of that. Uh, they didn't do much, much of that here, if at all, but... Um, there were lots of little, like, like in uh, the previous film, you saw the... You saw the old uh, Aston Martin, and mm-hmm. they, you know, he and Dench were in that uh, Aston Martin, and it got pretty well ruined. Uh, mm-hmm. And in this, in this movie, he ruins another one, so it's already making reference to his own uh, history before. And um, I can't think of anything necessarily good. Oh, like in in um, in Skyfall, uh, Javier Bardem literally has an island, you know, lair. Yeah, um, and that's a real island, and those are real buildings that have been abandoned for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, I, I'm guessing that statue was was uh, you know this enormous 200 foot statue with its crumbled may have been put in, but um, uh, and so similarly here when you have a you know like a meteor crater lair mm-hmm. when they finally catch up with um, with uh, what's his name uh, the uh, Christoph Waltz. Uh, I, I, I dug that, um, just that mm-hmm. it, it didn't feel like, and I liked it as a layer way better than I liked the one from, uh, from quantum of solace. Uh, I just hated that building. I hated the whole ending of that movie. It was just terrible. I hate, I almost uh, everything about it. Yeah. I, yeah, I can, yeah. The opening sequence again was great, but the whole scaffolding, like there's yes. that shot where they jump off the roof through yes. the window yes. onto the scaffolding was like. Like I mean, it, it kind of was like a little Jason Bourne. Thing. Right. That you know, it's it funny cool. is that there's a chase in the middle of that movie. This is in the category of me wondering who, who hit who, when the bodies fall out of the helicopter, who are they hitting? Uh, it, it, along those same lines, there's a there's a very exciting rooftop chase, uh, motorcycle and foot chase across. I don't I don't know what country or what uh, t- city it's supposed to be in the middle of um, in the middle of Skyfall, and all I kept thinking about was. Are those roofs going to give through, uh, give way? And look at all those tiles. They're wrecking all those tiles. Um, yeah. Which, of course, I'm an idiot. Uh, not an idiot, but the production went in, removed all of the tiles, put in replicas, reinforced the roofs, shot the thing, and then put it all back the way it was. So, so I don't even, even think they should be able to do that. Well, <laughs> sorry. So they should do what? They should. It should be a chase on a merry-go-round or what? They, they they shouldn't be able to do what shoot there at all or change it and put it back. Change it and put it back. I see. They're, they should just go up and ruin it and get no, on. Oh, no, okay. they should no. They should <laughs> shoot it somewhere else and dress it up. I see. Okay. Um, so uh, you know, up to the fact that when when uh, spoiler alert when uh, Christoph Waltz has Bond strapped in the chair and. Uh, has that somewhat ridiculous uh, device connected to him. It was very much, you know, a throwback to those old 
just fool, foolish, you know, laser coming up the middle, it's going to get you in the crotch type thing. I mean, they no. certainly made it edgier and grittier and kind of more horrible. Okay. Well, yes. But, but now it, let me ask you a question. Let me ask yeah, you a question. Yeah. So when that sequence starts, you know, he's like waking up. We get this this extreme close up of his eyes. Yes. We get a sense of a bandage. Beautiful blue you know, eyes. And then, yeah. we, and then we and then we pull out a little bit. Yeah. And you see, he's he's restrained in a chair. Tell me, did you not in the back of your mind think, oh, they're gonna truss him up like they did in Girl with, with the Tattoo? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, first thing I, I did, first first thing I thought of was Dragon Tattoo. That's first funny. I, I I didn't. I I have seen that, but don't carry the images with me in my head. It kind of that's went in one eye and out the other. That's really funny. Can I tell you why? Because why? When we talked about that movie. Like the only reason <laughs> I remember it now and attach it with Daniel Craig is because of you. Oh, because wow. we were talking about the movie and you had said something about like the balls of them to to put, you know, to have James Bond, like essentially James oh, Bond, the actor okay. James Bond all trussed up. But I was, I hadn't thought about it like that. And I was like, yeah, geez, I guess you're right. So it kind of like attached in importance to that's it in my funny. mind all that's these years funny. and that's why so now it's come full circle this is what you've done to me because <laughs> this when is, I watch Spectre right. and I see a close up of, of him coming out of it I'm like uh oh here we go again right. it comes this, you know what this is like this is like if Yoda completely forgot everything he ever said to Luke and then Luke came back and said you remember when you said the thing in the swamp about the thing and Yoda's like nah I don't remember that that's right. what this is like uh, so your words have power, Mister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You choose them wisely. <laughs> <laughs> Quote me, you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> excuse um, me. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. So, the thing about that about that sequence that I'm not sure if I liked or not was that. Uh, yeah, he he goes to the trouble of. You know, strapping him to this chair and yes. drilling into his head. You know, not because he's trying to extract any information out of him. Yes. It's just cause. <laughs> right. Oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's up. Yes, it is. None of it makes any sense at that point. But come on, before we move on to that, you've got to say, but what about the fact that there was just a gratuitous cat in there? Well, no, because they were setting up Blofeld. I understand, but... As soon as, but as, soon as I saw the cat, I was like, ah! <laughs> right. I understand. To it was, a, it was, it was foreshadowing so that the retardedness of what they were going to do would seem less offensive to you later and out of left field, possibly. Um, um, oh, I know what I was going to say. I think it's in, in Skyfall. There's a little bit where the Komodo dragons are coming out and grabbing people and, yeah. and dragging them back in there. And and that again to me is like this throwback to the sharks and to yeah. you know all, all that stuff of the uh, of the eighties I think probably late seventies and eighties like the trapdoor shark tank no no but still <clears throat> so to me that that had some uh, that's about where I want those references to stay and not get to so far yeah, as being agreed. the white the white cat I agree. Um, and. Uh, Yes, so I think that I was... I was disappointed that they didn't develop or they didn't do anything to, to continue the, uh, the Bond-Money-Penny relationship because I re that was something I really liked about Skyfall. Was yes. The chemistry they had together, I was like, fuck, yes. I want to watch them... I want to watch them kill people. I want to watch them fuck. Yes. <laughs> yes, and, no. Yes. But, it, but if, it's bond, if it's Bond and Money-Penny, isn't it not fuck? 
Isn't it almost fuck? Well, though, they fucked in that movie. No, 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 no. I'm saying... That yes, traditionally, they, yeah. traditionally you, you couldn't tell if she was just on to him or if they had a little something. There was a sort of cat and mouse to it that was really yes, fun originally, was. and I, I was looking forward to something like that developing uh, here, know. but it yeah, did not. No. Sadly, it uh, did not. And, and, you know, and again, he, here was the opportunity for it. Yeah. The whole exchange that they have... In the beginning, you know, you know, and she's like, "Oh, you know, it's called the light. You should try it sometime." Right, right. Oh, this, oh, or, or, or actually, no. The scene with the with with, with Judy Dench and the other one when he's watching the Judy Dench, the, the Judy Dench tape. Tape, yeah. And, oh, know, right. Th- th- there was an opportunity there for her, to, like, to, like trying to draw him out, like you know, like yeah, but you felt something for her, like right. Let me in. I I get you. I want to right. Like, I want to be with you. I wanted to see him like kind of push her away a little or something. Yeah. That, would, that and that would have been a good setup for two, for later on when she incredulously, uh, when uh, <laughs> Madeleine uh, declares her love. That was. Uh, yeah, a little. I like the idea of it, but I, I wasn't buying it on what they had given me. No, what, nor, nor was, was I. Point. Nor was In, I. Yeah. Um, I was going to say uh, that my kid is starting to become a lot more like me in the following way. Uh, when we, you know, in the very beginning of the movie, very early in the movie, and they're still in Act One, and they're still, I think they're still in Act One, and they're sorry to mention Act One, but in the first 10 or 15 minutes. I already violated it. That's true. It's all your fault. Uh, they started. Um, you know, they're introducing all the various elements, and so one of these elements is going to be, oh, no, they're going to shut down the double-O program. It's, it's in jeopardy. And they have a guy who is, you know, representing the, the leader of that opposition, the guy who's right. going to come in and stamp them out. Right. Um, and the second I saw him, I go, oh, that's the guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he, I, don't, I didn't know just... that actor. I didn't, as far as I was concerned, it was unknown, an unknown actor. But right. something in the way they shot him, something in the way they did it, I went, oh, he's the bad guy eventually. No, um, you know what? It, 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 I think it was all in his delivery. It maybe. Was, he, he, I, I, I don't know who the actor is. I totally credit him. He played it okay. well because he didn't overplay it, I thought. <laughs> okay. But, so um, then I don't know why I tripped to it, except maybe he, his underplaying of it. If he had overplayed it, then I would have gone, oh, he's yeah. nothing. But I don't know. No, 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 no. Just, to, just, just to circle back. Uh, yes. So what you were saying about how you know, oh, they might shut the Double O Seven program down. You yeah. Know um, he's been like basically kicked off the force the last two movies. Agreed. Movies. So it's like this isn't a threat anymore. It's like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. I mean, there was in in uh, one of them. <clears throat> I can't even remember which one. It might have even been the dreaded Quantum of Solace. Uh, uh, Dame Judy Dench says, uh, "It's good to have you back," and he says, "I never left." And so they literally have dialogue that goes, hey, you know, you leave and now you come back or whatever it is. Or he, he's always with you even when he's not. So agreed. And since, like, at uh, least two... Interject? Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. At, go least ahead. Two of, at least two of possibly three of the Mission Impossible movies have been the same thing. Rogue Nation or we're no longer the IF. And, and it always seems like they're constantly being disavowed and and uncalculated and so it's just something we've seen a bunch of times like you were saying in recent memory in films so why is that the a catch here why is that a thing here what were you going to say i don't remember <laughs> well doubling back to the thing about my kid um and him being like me basically he knew 
that that uh, Christoph Waltz wasn't dead or wasn't going to die when he got a disfiguring facial scar. As soon as he saw that the guy was wounded in the face, he went, that means he has to survive through the end of this movie right. and beyond. And so you say, right, but this is a 17-year-old kid who hasn't seen a ton of these types of movies, and he just... Right. <clears throat> I, no, I get that, but that's, how they, but that's how they're doing it. It was almost like a comic book. It almost okay. had like a comic book character kind of set up to it. Yeah, I thought, and I wasn't too I wasn't too crazy about that. Right. Um, no, but getting back to uh, what you were saying before, yeah. So she says, you know, so she says it's good to have you back, and he's like, oh, I never left. Well, in the in, in the James Bond universe, that hasn't had a whole lot of time to, right. to solidify, has it yeah, now? No. Right? This is all within a few days, so it's like, oh, it's good to have you back from last week. Right, and now you're off again. Right, and you only just started last week. Right. So, you know what I mean? I do, I do. That, 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 that was not too careful. That was not a good way to <clears throat> handle that moment. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, listen, let's move on if you want to or if you can. Oh, listen, we should just say Skyfall, Roger Deakins. Yeah. He, he shot Skyfall, and it, I thought it looked great. Uh, I thought this looked I, I, I will, fine. I will attest for all, of our, for all of our listeners out there, Adam Dooley historically has never paid attention to, <laughs> to credits on that caliber. So just the very that's... fact that he cared enough to look it up, this is that miles. Is, that is fair. Um, and, uh, well, and, yeah, I swing back to that later. Hang on one second. Um Directed by Sam Mendes, or Mendes, however you say it. It's Mendes, I believe. And, okay. Uh, yeah, no, that was uh, that was a, that was a crushing disappointment to me. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and I have to tell you, it occurred to me several times during the movie while I'm watching yeah. it today. I'm like, well, of course, because when you watch Revolutionary Road, you think he should direct a Bond movie. <laughs> well, he did oh. Skyfall. He did Skyfall. Yeah, and no wonder again. And no they had a good time. This is it... the. This is the Yes. <laughs> the, and, and these were both um, these were both introspection oriented movies that had led nowhere and they weren't really action kind of movies it, right. it reminds me of a story that a friend of mine told me he was going into a movie theater that was show, he, he was going into a movie show that was playing Hearts War oh, and yeah. as he was oh, walking I, in I can remember seeing that movie in a theater go on as he was walking in, he recognized walking out was like a friend of his dad or a neighbor or something from like down the block. And he's like, oh, Mr. You know, X, you know, yes. what did you see? And, and, and this is like some this is like some guy in his 70s and he's all sour looking. He goes, I saw Hearts War. And, and my friend's like, oh, well, how was it? And, and the guy looked at him and said, it was a talking picture. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about, about his last three Bonds. It's sort of like, you know, I came in here for a Bond movie, and you're giving me fucking yeah. <laughs> Revolutionary Road. It looks that's great, funny. but what is going okay, on? Okay, so hang on a second. I got to stop for one second, as long as we're talking about Sam uh, Mendes, and say... Uh, top, top, top of my list. Maybe my top five, maybe my top ten. I'm not sure. Road to Perdition. I love that movie. I, I, I will watch it. I, I will watch it. Holy movie. cow. I can't believe yes. you haven't seen it. Uh, Tom Hanks no, is terrific. I remember you mentioning it before. Jude Law is fantastic. 
you know, all the way down the list. Daniel Craig is in it. So you see where uh, they where they started okay. working together. Um, I love that movie. Uh, okay. who, who else is in that? I feel like there's some. Uh, oh, 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 New York actor. Uh, he did. Uh, what? No, who? but that uh, along those lines, he was shit. This is terrible. All right. Give me a second. Stanley Tucci. Speaking of uh, speaking Ouch. of the Transformers, I think Stanley Tucci is in Road to Perdition, and he is in uh, several uh, Transformer films as well, uh, and um, just some really really good stuff. You should go find that. I think you'll like it a lot, particularly if you if you're familiar. It'll hopefully it'll wash the taste of this movie out of your mouth. Um, so, but I really look forward to it. And I'm imagining that you hate the. You hate the line, or you have uh, a lot of uh, contempt for the line, uh, kite in a hurricane. Or what was it that they said? It said oh, it no, twice. Oh, is like a kite in a hurricane? No, I actually liked it because I liked when it came up the second time. Very good. Okay, I, I did too. Uh, even though that scene. <laughs> yeah. Even though even that very moment. Yeah, it's, it, it's cool if you don't know where it came from. If you don't know the source material, but that whole angle of him, like, okay, stop this tape, please stop, you know. Yeah. That that was a huge moment. Was I thought in in, in the in the the Daniel Craig arc. Yes. Because yeah, that that was that, that that was a really huge moment, and he and he did it well. I, and they didn't overdo it. Yeah, yeah. But, I really. Um, however, see, much like a lot of scenes in this movie, that came from something <laughs> that is in popular culture and not. Right. Not that well, far away. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I loved the train fight with he and Dave Bautista. I, that's the one I wasn't that crazy about. I felt oh, like there really? was nothing. No, I felt like there was there was no... I didn't get enough sense of peril from it. Holy cow, he's getting his ass kicked by that guy. He is, but they didn't... I don't know, like somehow the... the, the the trainness of it. Right. Wasn't... Well, I mean, if you compare well, it to not until not until the very end with the yeah. barrels pulling out, did it really yeah. kind of involve a train that wasn't, you know, two cars separating. Right. I understand. Like well, but but you know what I mean. Like, the helicopter was like, like the helicopter. Yeah, sequence, I see what you're like, saying. That the was... sense of danger inherent in the mode of transportation was not as present for you here. As Somehow, it was in the no. airplane, in the ridiculous airplane chasing cars. Again, I guess, but then again, I guess, you know, it, uh, I, I guess if you're going to take someone out on a train, like, I guess, I guess those are your options. So I guess that, that is how it would probably play out. Uh, yeah, I mean, a, he a was, like uh, first of all, Sky, I think it was Skyfall, had a pretty uh, notable uh, fight on the top of a train. So they're, they're having to sort of outdo themselves in some ways. Right. And this was certainly a much more... Uh, that one was much more charged with the danger you're talking about. They were shooting literally on top of that train. And yeah. da Daniel Craig was on top of that mother effing train. And that's some scary shit. But yeah. for, the, for the production side of it, it's scary. And then also for the viewers. And in here, it was I just thought it was like a, a solid fight where you could kind of see what was happening as opposed to the way they often shoot action now, which is in so tight and cut so fast that you can't really tell what's going on. That's true. No, you're this kind of MTV. I mean, I sound like an old man. MTV. <laughs> Nobody even knows what MTV is anymore. But uh, prior to MTV, there wasn't as much of that kind of editing. I don't think going on until sort of music no, videos not. You are, you are uh, kicked it up uh, I, I, a notch. I, I, 
I, um, I agree. So I like that fight, and I rather liked the barrels. Uh, but my wife was like, you know, uh, she just kept making Jaws jokes uh, <laughs> because of the similarity to the to uh, Jaws itself. Not Jaws as in James Bond Jaws, but you right. Um, no, I figured that. Yeah. Yeah. And I hated. I hated the guy going, "Oh shit!" before he gets pulled out. Yeah. You see, that's again going back to that kind of. Um, that kind of Roger Moore <laughs> sense of humor type thing. Um, is it, uh, that might've been the laugh in the theater. That could have been the laugh that, that came. Um, but if she had not stepped in, if she had not intervened, not, in a, knew she was going to, not, not hitting him on the back with a handbag, but actually doing something meaningful. I think, I think Bond would have been dead. I think he was facing death. With that guy, that guy had him outclassed, or just yeah. his brute strength was Which more is, than I think, yeah, his brute strength yeah. was more than he could combat with his training. And and by the time you've been thrown through a wall or two, I think you start to lose a little steam. Uh, Structure-wise, I wanted to say real quick that yeah. if you are going to have um, Christoph Waltz apparently die when his lair fully explodes, but you don't actually see him anywhere near the explosion, and then he's going to resurface later. If yeah, that's right. going to happen, then you shouldn't have your henchman be in a state of near death earlier and then reappear later on the train. Because when it happens with the henchman, you steal thunder from it happening from the other guy. Right. And I fully expected the henchman to turn up yet another time, to which my son says, oh, no, he's going to be in the sequel. That's where you'll see him turn up when they do the fifth and final Daniel Craig that he's contracted for, but saying he's not going to do a uh, film. Uh, I'm, uh, my son is saying there's going to be a fifth movie. Daniel right. Craig is contracted for a fifth one, but he's making a lot of noise in the press about how this is he's sick of it. He doesn't want to do it anymore. Um, and so uh, my son is saying, oh, yeah, that guy, that Dave Bautista character will turn up in the fifth Daniel Craig installment. Oh, yeah. No, uh, and I think he's right. I right. think he's right because because again you don't actually see him perish. You don't see him perish, and you don't cast <laughs> that actor and get nothing more out of him than what they got. I, I have to confess ignorance. Who is this guy? Oh, um, he, well, you don't you don't know him from the world. He was in a little something called Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, would be largely unrecognizable to you, a if you didn't see it and only saw the trailers. But uh, but also I believe he's from the wrestling world. So, uh, okay. so he's not necessarily a big actor, but he's got a big presence. I could be wrong about his background. Um, I think someone just... Hang on one second. It wasn't me. Yeah, that's uh, all right. Um, so I just wanted to say that that's kind of sloppy st structure. I, I would like to plot out on a graph. In all the, in all the James Bond films, the ratio yeah. of dialogue to action scenes yes. I guarantee you that once we once we get to to Skyfall Spectre even, and even Quantum it's it's much more flatline it's like yeah. it's, it's heavy on the dialogue here this guys. is a talking picture it is a talking picture <laughs> Um, I didn't have much to say about the music other than that that score is that score and they that that those songs are always thrilling to me. I don't know how it feels to you, but it's kind of like, you know, the work of John Williams and and the Star Wars music and things like this where 
it's hardwired into my childhood, and it just you mean the theme, the themes, yes, yes, yeah, the musical themes. But it's okay, not just the, that one. There are multiple, I think. And that's what I was referring through. to before yeah. with John Barry was that yeah, and that's all. Those are all John Barry. Now, when you said the song, I thought you meant the song, and no. No, uh, no, no! I didn't oh, mean that. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, if you want to, you know, in the Bond tradition, we can't ignore the song. That's and... true. I love the beginning of um, of Skyfall. I liked I that one. To. I I, I, I this... like Skyfall too. Yeah, yeah I, and, I, and I, this was uh, in that same vein, but he was so hard to listen to. I don't understand uh, who who what is that singer's name? Uh, That's Sam Smith. Sam Smith. I, I don't get him. So. Uh, I don't it know. Was, I always was... thought, you know, you you, you, you you put out music that could sell. <laughs> well, they do at, sometimes. At least with your Bond theme song. You know, and again, you know, most... These kids today just don't know. <laughs> but, like, Bond theme songs used to, like, be... Like, you kind of look forward to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Couldn't Let Die, which right. I'm sure a lot of people know, and how many people realize that's a James Bond theme song right you know right. like the songs used to be fucking cool yes like they used to sell them as singles you right know? right it wasn't this like you know united members club airport well i think i think i think you, you might you might like it or not like it but i think skyfall was very big on the charts as a song by adele it was and that was an and that was a really good song and her performance right. was excellent yeah this was not and neither was the, the, the quantum song. Uh, yeah, largely forgettable. I, I didn't... Uh, I am enjoying how they're... <clears throat> just the way in which they're using little bits and pieces symbolically or, like, the, the imagery of, the, of these things. Not so much him standing bare-chested with the women rubbing him, but um, there were... Um, there were... Um, what do you call it? Uh, smoke and Mirrors was a theme within this... Um, the credit sequence for this movie. Mm. Uh, women whose hair was smoke or appeared to almost be water or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, lots of fractured mirrors so that, you know, Bond's face, you see it in different, you know, uh, uh, like a broken man put back together kind of a thing. It was that very weird shot where he's talking to Christoph Waltz, where he's talking to Blofeld yeah. through the glass, and they shoot it yes. from inside the glass so that we see Waltz's reflection in the glass superimposed almost over Bond's face. Yes. Which was interesting. I think it was a cool shot, but I'm not sure what it was supposed to mean. Yeah, are they I, are they yeah. sh versions of the same person? Are they shadows of each other? I didn't know. Yeah, like, I, like if they were trying to, you know, is that is that a reference to their being brothers of some kind? Well, yeah. I mean, by that point, it was yeah. It would have yeah. been. It could have been nice if it was used correctly. If it was used in service of something that had. So I don't have sort of further down the credit list anyone else to sort of touch on, you know. I don't know anything about the catering on this one or how it compared to Skyfall, um, my favorite Bond movie of all time. I don't know why I'm so hung up on that movie. Um, maybe because Judy Dench reminds me of my mom. You know, and I don't know. That explains a lot. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, well, there is that. Um, so for me, coming away from this, if I was going to, I mean, we're assuming everyone who's listening to us has seen this and either agrees with us or doesn't agree with us, or we're actually assuming anyone's listening, really. We're starting with that. But I strongly recommend not just you, but just about anyone who hasn't seen it, um, check out uh, Road to Perdition. And, uh, and if you have seen it, go back and look at it again. It's uh, worth a second look, I think. Uh, do you have anything you want to recommend sort of coming out of this? Any of the other artists that we talked about or uh, anything that sort of uh, sparks something for you? You don't have to. I'm putting you on the spot. I, I would urge a lot of bond, a lot of people who listen to this who may even casually like James Bond to try to track down this movie called Operation Kid Brother. It's an Italian production from the mid to late 60s starring Neil Connery <laughs> as... James, as the character James Bond's brother, it's Neil, it's Sean Connery's real life brother. Oh wow! And all the supporting cast in the movie are actors from Bond films. So there's Honor Blackman from Who's Pussy Galore. Right, right. It's like this. It, it's trying to be this like tongue and cheeky, like like half comedy version of yeah, James yeah. Bond, but it's. It, it, it definitely puts you in that world. It's very and it's very creepy. Look to watch this Sean Connery like guy. That's very cool. The, uh, playing the... James Bond and kind of looking <laughs> like Connery. It's, is he uh, actually it's... playing? Is he actually? He's not actually playing Bond. He's still doing a Bond. Mock he's, he's, up no, no, or no. His character is supposed to be Bond's brother. I see. Okay, fine. So they're not in. They're not in trouble with the Broccoli Clan or anything because there's taking one or or the. Uh, the Flemings, because they're one step to the side, or because it all falls under parody. Not quite sure. Maybe okay. because it falls under Italian. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Italian well, productions got away with murder. They have then. lawyers there too, I imagine. Um, yeah, the poster. The poster looks a little bit like an R. Man Flint kind of poster. Exactly. You know right. that uh, exactly. that great. Um, James Coburn. James Coburn. Thank you. I never would have thought of that. James Coburn series. Um, Okay, uh, listen, oh, trailer talk. Do you have any, um... Yes, this was the first... This was, I, I laid my first eyes on a Star Wars trailer. Today. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, okay. Do you want to talk about it now, or do we want to slip that into the next one? Because this might be a long conversation, or is it a short one? It's a short one. Okay, go ahead. It's a short one, but just basically that... Uh, even, even seeing a little too much of it... Yeah. Uh, I, I have to admit, I was I'm kind, of, <laughs> kind of excited now. They this, got this, you. this could be pretty fun. And smart. Well, you know what? Uh, th that's what I was saying before when I was sort of referencing uh, those scores and how they're kind of hardwired into, you know, when I, I can, listen, I vividly remember being, you know, 11 years old and, and buying a ticket in the morning with my brother. We'd get two tickets and we'd go in and then between shows we would hide in the bathroom stalls. Mm -hmm. until they had finished cleaning, and then we'd sneak back in and spending all day watching that movie over and over and over again. So, um, And that's part of where that kind of anger that came for me when I saw, you know, uh, when Phantom Menace came out was how, how completely unfun in the way that the first one was fun for me that this was. Now, of course, my kids love Phantom Menace, or that they're perfectly happy with it, and they don't understand why I feel so strongly about the difference what, what, between the what, two. What an abomination it is. Yes, exactly. Um, but um, but uh, in any case, uh, 
by all indications are, without getting too excited and anticipatory, uh, that this is sort of back to the old form of the 1970s, you know, mid-70s, late-70s uh, Star Wars world, which, uh, you know, God, yep. I mean, J.J. Abrams is the guy to do it because it's, yep. it's, that's his sweet spot, too. Yep. I will say, as long as we're here, that uh, way, 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 way before, because they've been talking about making a seventh Star Wars movie for years now, um, going back quite a ways. So this isn't a conversation I overheard recently, but this is a conversation in the backseat of my car between uh, one of my kids and one of their friends. Actually, I think it was two. My kid had run inside, and I was driving these these uh, crumb bums home. And so these are these are 11 and 12 year old kids, two boys in the back of the car, and one of them says, uh, "You hear that they're going to make another Star Wars movie?" Now he's referring to. Episode 7, but he's referring to it This is five years ago Okay. You hear they're going to make another uh, Star Wars movie And the other kid goes Yeah, they're going to ruin my childhood Which is essentially How adults felt about The Phantom Menace I can see, this is yet another Adam joke That has landed beautifully The stone face you have on, you might as well be Mount Rushmore Over there I, I better tell um, these jokes earlier in the show. I'm, I'm going to edit this all out. We're going to not even talk about Star Wars. It's going to be okay, gone. It's okay, all gone. Good. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's not, let's not. They didn't play Star Wars in my theater. In fact, the sound was broken. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The picture was broken in my theater for half the trailers. So the ones I did finally see were not ones I uh, are worth talking about, really. Um, and uh, it seems a little gratuitous at this point, but... Uh, uh, we're going to do quick final takes on on uh, Spectre, yeah, no, no, and then and then we'll uh, we'll <laughs> we'll shove our way along. We got a lot of movies coming up in November and I December. Know. Buckle up, people. Um, so my my final take is that uh, that it was uh, you know a solid effort, and if you go in with an open heart, there's some stuff in here that's fun to watch and so on. That among the among the Daniel Craig, um, Daniel Craig films, his his Bond uh, films. I uh, Skyfall is is way up there for me, and this is maybe uh, the fourth film, and it's in in second place. And I'm sort of hoping that the fifth one comes out, if there is a fifth one, and that it really delivers a big sign off for him, because I don't think he'll if he comes back for one more, he's not coming back for more than that. Uh, so I'm still rooting for uh, Daniel Craig's Bond to really come through and deliver on the promise of some of these earlier movies there where they're missed, missed a little bit. So this is a swing and a miss, but a, a forgivable one. How about for you? Um, I would also categorize it as swing and a miss. Um, yeah, forgivable, but not by much. In my <laughs> uh, this was, uh, to me, this was continuing a disturbing trend of a neutered James Bond. This is not what I, it's not what I signed up for. Now. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I still think, actually, um, frankly, Casino Royale is the best of the Daniel Craig so far. I would put Skyfall a very close second. You see, I would put, I know this is your wrap-up and not mine, but I just have to say that Casino Royale, I did like it a great deal, but as a poker player, it offends me so badly that I cannot, uh, I cannot deal with it. it Interesting, it, because as a non-poker player, yeah. I felt like, I was like, this is amazing. They've actually managed to build suspense into a fucking card game. <laughs> yes, well, uh, they, and I they, don't mind. And they, like, and 
You know, like the whole thing was, you know, pretty much to place in that one, you know, hotel. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, actually, like they made it work. <laughs> they they wrote that sequence. Unlike the next three movies. Right. They wrote that sequence for non-poker players. Uh, uh, and so, uh, like, the, just the stuff that happens. Uh, literally, the hands themselves are... are Here's the thing. If you really love poker, oh my God, now I'm going to go crazy. I'm sorry I'm hijacking this at the end. If you really love poker, you don't need to have four kings against four aces and an exciting finish, and then they're all beaten by a guy with a straight flush. It's just as exciting that a guy who has a king high is bluffing into somebody who has an ace high, and the guy with the ace high goes, I know you're full of shit. I know I am one card better than you. I call or I go all in. The drama isn't in the cards themselves. The drama is in the certainty of the player knowing that he is either right or wrong or making that choice in that moment. And uh, that's where the drama is, not in the actual flip over the cards and see something pretty. Uh, I've seen, I've seen card, hands of cards played where there was complete shit on both sides, but it was a riveting hand of cards. See, and that's funny because that's what I—that's what I came away with from Casino Royale. Oh, that's I cool. I felt like I—I was—I was hanging on not the cards, but on what the on, on, on the decisions that okay. the players were making. That's fine, and I would have been with it completely if the cards hadn't also been movie magic Hollywood cards. Well, if they had done everything that the, you loved, but they had done it with shit cards, that would have been—I would have been out of my mind in love with that, out of my mind. But anyway. Um, Listen, everyone, thank you so much for your time. Yes. Uh, we're done with Spectre. I'm exhausted. <laughs> you're, you're lying down. You're, you're maybe asleep. No, I'm not asleep, but I am lying down. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah. But the listeners, uh, the listeners may be asleep. Lying down here in the studio. <laughs> this has been uh, Hollywood RX. The doctors are out. <laughs>